Hi, everybody. Welcome into your Friday, October 28th episode. This is always one of my favorite episodes of the week where we get with John Colosimo. And listen, John and I just spent 15 minutes off air talking about fantasy football trades. We'll save you from that boring talk. But there's enough going on in the NFL as the Thursday night football game is heating up a little bit here in the second half that there's always good stuff to talk about. John, what's up, brother? How are you? Welcome in. Man, I'm doing pretty good. I've been busy as hell and uh, out of town, which uh, is good and bad here. So um, out in KC, just getting some work done, watching the thir- Thursday night football game, man. All is good. I love to hear it, man. Good to, good to hear everyone's well. Good to hear you're down in KC. We're going to talk about KC in a minute because they made a huge trade. But we're going to do this, guys. I've got some segments with Jordan lined up where we poke fun at certain things and kind of draw our attention to the weird stuff in the league. We're going to do some specific segments with John. We're going to start with, though, if you've been listening to this pod, you're a loyal listener for a long time, or if you're a first-time listener, John and I usually will riff about something in pop culture tied to movies or TV shows or anything of the sort. We can, you know, we keep that open-ended so we can deviate and go wherever we want. We're going to always start with, like, a what-you're-watching segment, right? So, um, like, it could be movies, TV shows you want to talk about. If you have not taken up our uh, recommendation for everything, everywhere, all at once, you need to do that still leaning into that if you guys are out there um, i had a friend of mine john who told me he read the synopsis of he's like i didn't want to watch it because i read the synopsis of it i was like hold on dude why do you read the synopsis of a movie and then try to decide whether you're going to watch said movie when you know what's going to happen and i said that movie might be the worst like i couldn't even i haven't looked it up but i probably humor but that might be one of the worst synopsis to ever read to have any clue what's going on i'd have to be the weirdest synopsis written for a movie because it's the weirdest movie I, I mean, I literally told you that I had no way to explain to you how I felt about it after watching it. So I don't know how anybody would then just write a three-paragraph synopsis of it. I, I can't either, and I can't imagine I'd read that and then be like, oh, yeah, I got to watch that movie. Because that is, <laughs> that is uh, in my opinion, would be really bad. It would be really bad. So listen, let's start off, though. If things you're watching recently that you would recommend to folks or anything of that nature is the uh, – we, we wrap into the Ravens looking like they're going to get this thing done with five minutes left, 24-13, which is a bit of a bummer for the division. But, yeah, hit us up with something good, movies, TV shows, whatever. So um, I was hoping this weekend when I was here, it just didn't work out that way. I would go, get to go see Black Adam. Uh, you know, oh, it's got like a crazy standalone, right? Like where, the, where you yeah. would just go by yourself. My wife would not go with me to that one. Yeah. I didn't get to go see it, so I intend to um, at some point here. Uh, but TV-wise, uh, we finally got her parents to watch Game of Thrones. Um, they ran through the entire season or the entire um, show in about, I would say, two weeks. So they went hard. Um, Wait, they we went finally, through all of Game of Thrones in two weeks? Yes. What I did, like the best part about it is that I got to be there when she watched, uh, my mother-in-law watched The Red Wedding. Bro, and that messed with me. Yes. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> that, was the, that was the highlight of getting them to watch that. Uh, we, um, on the flip side, Jesus, that was a bad past, Tom. Um, the, uh, the, the common theme that that quote right there (laughs) so i uh we started watching house of dragons we were behind and and so we've watched this i've been i would say a little lukewarm on it i mean i I know a lot there's a lot of people really liking it i'm 
you know, I'm probably five episodes in, four episodes in, and um, I think it's definitely worth watching, but, like, I'm not, like, super hyped or anything on it. So maybe uh, things heat up a little bit, but uh, that's what we've been watching. There was a um, um, a new Amazon show out. What was it? Like, visually, it just grabbed me. Um, that I've been I think seeing I've seen that. that where they, like, are jumping, like, minority report-ish. Was yes. it, am I thinking the same thing? I can't think of the think, name of that show. Yeah, like so, uh, so it's terrible to talk about it on a podcast. But there is like, so we'll cover it next week. But I know that there is one that is grabby visually that I'm going to watch. But you know, just getting back to what I actually am watching, House of Dragons. I'm kind of like, eh. well, there it is. Tampa Bay's back in. Maybe flag on the play. Um, the um yeah so i am not sure why everybody um is so into um house of the dragons in, in terms of the incest um that seems to be the main focus for everybody on twitter i've is, heard there's some nasty scenes in it too like really uncomfortable scenes i have i don't think i've gotten to them yet you know to be honest so like maybe i'm just not i'm too far behind to like understand what i see on twitter like i i definitely don't read you know a ton of it you just you know you're going to catch strays when you're on twitter and it and you're behind on current shows and that kind of stuff so that's kind of where i'm at it's not the you know the most interesting update but next week got it good stuff i haven't started that i went through game of thrones really quickly to catch up before the last season all those years ago now and man two weeks that's really impressive to go through the entire slate that show takes a lot out of you um Damn. So I haven't watched House of Dry. I want to, but I haven't had the time yet. I, there's so much I want to get to after the season, including like Andor's in there. Um, oh, I got to see Andor. Yes, I've yeah, heard all and, kinds of good things there. Good point. Yeah, I, I need to watch that one at some point. But really what we have time for right now is like uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night are like our nights between the wife and I that have some time in them. So we watch Abbott Elementary, which is really good. We were huge Parks and Rec fans. And if you haven't, if you're into Parks and Rec type shows, it's a similar show, but based out of an elementary school. And it's actually pretty good. We find ourselves cracking up quite often. The first season was, I would have said average, and the second season's picked up. So we've been into that. And then I don't do any game showy type things, but we decided to, as a as a couple, do The Amazing Race this year. And I've actually kind of liked it, I'm sad to say. It's, uh, <laughs> I'll it's tell you relatively what. enjoyable. So that's yeah. what we're doing. That's all I'm watching. I haven't had any time. I haven't even seen a movie. The Wife took Porter to see what is that one um, that came out with the alligator crocodile Nile now crocodile. I think I that. The, so they saw that and liked it, um, which I was bummed because I wanted to see, but she needed some time alone with him. We've had our second recently and they still need their time. So I let them go to that one. Um, but, but I haven't, I mean, I, I don't even know what the last movie I saw was. I, I, we bought tickets to see uh, Wakanda forever um, coming out beginning of oh, the next nice. month but that's 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 the end of it i don't I don't have any tv takes right now other than those little ones there no that's about all i got to do. um you know next week though i would do want to talk a little bit more like we covered a little bit marvel direction and i think mm-hmm. we have a lot more information now so next week let's talk again about the multiverse saga and where they're going with this thing where are you on henry cavill as superman <sighs> I'm kind of just not even outside of Batman into DC. Like, so they usually yeah. lose me. So I really like him. I really loved, I actually really loved man of steel. I thought it was pretty good. And some of the other movies are right, but I've just, I like Cavill a lot and I'm into his return, but that's the thing about DC. They'll have some people that I like 
like the first Wonder Woman was good, right? And I'm like, yeah, kind of into it. But then they've just they've, they've botched so many other ones, man. You know, right? Well, like you had the first Wonder Woman, which I thought was a pretty solid movie, and then the second one, I haven't even watched it yet because I tried it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, the reviews were so bad. I don't really understand the decision they made on that one. I couldn't do it. Now there's some people that are like into it and some people that can also do She-Hulk and like, I can't, there's certain things I just, they don't work for us. I couldn't do it. So we shut that one off. But yeah, I'm interested in Cavill, but I don't want it to be a part of anything other than just like a Superman story. Like I just, should I go back and watch Man of Steel? I liked Man of Steel. I really did. I liked the soundtrack. Nolan had a fingerprint in that movie. Like I liked it. I, 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 I liked it, but um, yeah, I would be interested in you going back and watching that and seeing if you like it. But it's hard because there's so much scar tissue from what DC has done here that it's like hard to get all the way in on that stuff. But but I like Cavill a lot. I liked him in what was he in one of the Mission Impossibles he was in recently. Yeah. Um, I just I really like him. And I think that role is really he's, a, he's really good in the role. So anyway, that's all the stuff we have for takes on TV shows. We're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk about some NFL jargon. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Chiefs make a big deal. Kadarius Tony, some people that are like uh, draft heads and stuff like that are all about this move, Right. You look at Kadarius Tony, and I get it. There's some really great testing numbers, and he had a game in his rookie year where he had 189 yards on 10 catches. But everything he's done is so funny because you'll see people be like, look at his yards per route run his rookie year. He had two games that mattered. He had two games that mattered his entire rookie season. Like, I think it's enticing. I think it, what it is is it's a nice move by KC using the uh, Tyreek Hill extra collateral from that decision like i'm okay with them making the deal right like i think it's a fine trade for them but but i'm not like man Kadarius tony is just waiting to break out like i don't i don't know that i don't i mean i think they're banking on their people inside the organization being a big part of whatever turns him around you know what i mean like they're getting around the homes and all that but um a third and a sixth i guess the crux of that is would you have been fine with that sort of deal from cleveland's perspective no i don't think so i think the um I think the rub here that you, uh, you know, that I think people give a ton of credit to Andy Reid and they should, he's a great coach, been one, but the, the, the rub on this is that you have a, a new head coach who's creative, um, who on a team that has a winning record and is basically dying for receiver help 
that just shipped this guy out. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that's really kind of getting overlooked in the excitement for Andy Reid, Casey, um, Patrick Mahomes type um, factors that they're putting into that. I think they're putting a whole like if we were dividing these things into player and non-player factors here, they're putting an awful lot of optimism in you know the non-player portion of this. So. I would. I think that was actually a fairly steep price um, to pay. Uh, I think Casey could afford it because uh, to take the risk um, in a way yeah, that the that's the difference. Could, well, yeah, seen. exactly. Yeah. So that that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, they they put themselves with extra picks in the in the decision with um, Tyreek in a position that they can make that kind of. Cleveland would have been giving up what are prime picks for them. The third round pick is a second round pick for the Browns. It's it is a big a, deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. So that, but again, I don't like. Also, I think it's a better deal for KC just from a the perspective of coming around the culture that they have, and the Browns don't have a healthy atmosphere right now, and bringing in somebody to an unhealthy atmosphere who clearly brings his own baggage to me would have been pretty damn risky and I, I don't think i would have liked it i'd be more into an elijah Moore, no pun intended trade Probably. but Probably. it feels like that was uh very pipe dreamy that, that the jets were never going to let him walk out the door but anyway um the tony thing is fascinating i think you know all t- with kc it's like if it doesn't work out you know what's going to be said doesn't really it probably will never be brought up because they'll still be in afc championship games and they'll still probably be in some super bowls maybe even win one whether that guy's any good or not maybe it says more about sky more than anything else because they haven't gotten yeah, anything I out think of that's Moore. very that's an underrated portion of this is that it does say quite a bit about sky more to me personally yeah because yeah, if he was thriving i think there would be more interest to uh not mess that up but he's not or even just on his way yeah, he's only got six catches for the entire year. I think is what I've uh, is what I've seen. So, yeah, interesting stuff. But again, like if they if they hit this deal and Tony's really good for them, they're geniuses, right? If they don't, it probably doesn't matter because they're still going to hold up some important trophies because their quarterback head coach pairing is so good. Um, okay, so the other one that was it was the Robert Quinn trade, right? The uh, Eagles go out and get Quinn, and this is what a trade looks like for a team that's going all in. That was what I kind of wanted to, to mention is like you're looking at the KC trade has future value. And especially when you look at like, you know, the draft is always very wide receiver weird. And it's the free agency class. I don't know if you had to look at wide receiver free agents, but yikes, it is bleak. There's really nobody out there this year. Not that you ever really want to get deep into that market, but not really many names out there, but um, this is what a trade, the Quinn trade to the Eagles. That team's good, man. I think you and I talked about it before the year. Like, I remember looking at them, I <laughs> looking at their situation when they were in joint practices in Cleveland, and I was like, this roster is really, really good. And I was like, this is the team to beat in the NFC East. Now, they've formulated themselves into, because of Jalen Hurts' launch, um, which you yep. are benefiting from in our fantasy league, they've, they've put themselves <laughs> into another stratosphere here, a Super Bowl sort of Super Bowl uh, NFC representative favorite. So, uh, But this is a good trade for them. I really like it, and, and uh, I think it can speak to the type of trade that is – disciple of Howie Roseman Andrew Barry would do when the Browns do if they if they do get to the cusp of all this right yeah I think this is a one of the kind of rare ones that makes a ton of sense for both teams mm-hmm. I think it um, you know it's a very good trade for the Eagles um, who are very fond of overloading that defensive line which is one piece I think of Howie's 
um, uh, just approach to being a GM that I wish AB would lean a little harder into. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but they make this trade. Um, I think that it's the right time to do it. They're undefeated. They are rolling into, I think, what is a top three easiest schedule for the rest of the the season. And, um, yeah, why wouldn't you? I mean, so, like, to me, this this is a great trade for them and uh, not a bad trade for the Browns uh, in terms of uh, these Steelers get to see him this week. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I like it. I, I like it. And yeah, in terms of the Browns uh, benefiting from the Steelers seeing it, I'm I'm totally with it. I think it's a good trade for the for the Bears too. They get they just yeah, I do. guy that was going to leave. So good trade all around. Um, I think that's that's probably it for looking around the league. We'll take one more break and then uh, dive in and talk about the division setup here, uh, which is which is interesting enough. The Ra- the Ravens are uh, on the cusp of clinching this game, so they'll push to 5-3 and three with a pretty clear lead. So we'll be right back, talk about the AFC North. Okay, so to me, this is a division that was there for the taking again, you know, largely because if you beat Baltimore, they're not going to be 5-3. and three. And I don't <laughs> – I made my points pretty clear on the pod yesterday, John, that I don't see them as a real Super Bowl contender the way they're currently structured. I just – I just don't. I, I don't see that offense ever being a part of a team that's gonna that's gonna win a Super Bowl championship. And sure, they they can win some AFC North games and probably some AFC North titles. But what I think frustrates me the most is this division: the Bengals' slow start, the Ravens' slow start, paired with the opportunity to have beaten them the other day. Like this was there for the taking. This is two straight years that the AFC North has been right there to be had like to me if the browns had a competent mayfield last year this is two straight years they should have won this division like if they had and and i'm not saying it's over right now but these were the two years to have made that push do you agree with what i'm saying there i do i i feel it more heavy this year um in that regard just because um the talent versus production is so incredibly bad on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, so it, it hurts me a lot more. It feels a lot more like a missed opportunity than last year did. Um, you know, the, all all the Browns needed to do was was make it out of this eleven game stretch with five wins, um, and th- that's not a big ask. And uh, and they were in prime position, I think, to take the division, and and that's only asking for a couple of more wins, you know? So, um, it, yeah, it's, um, it's frustrating. Um, and I think you're right on both years. I just feel it harder on this one because, um, Kevin has been able to do more with what he had on offense. Um, maybe even with less talent. So, yeah, I just think that the window, if Baker Mayfield had become the player we thought he was going to be, the window was now, and they'd be in the thick of it the last two years, you know? So yep. that part of it's really sad. Uh, but anyway, not to, to bring doom and gloom, we are looking at, well, Rashad Bateman left this game, and I, and I just a little quick side note before we talk Bengals. I think we've all been uh, pretty harsh on Andrew Barry lately, and I, I get it. We're all frustrated, so it's easy to see why we would be hard on Andrew Barry obviously talk a lot about the Tampa stuff, ironically, in this game because Tampa takes Werfs and Winfield and all of that, and they're always tied. But Bateman's hurt again, 
And at the time of the draft, 2021, it was like uh, they really like Bateman. There was a lot of buzz around the Browns liking Bateman, but they ended up going Newsome. And obviously with Bateman being out so much last year, this year, uh, missing multiple games, now leaving this one with his injury, it's like that one I think A.B. deserves a little credit for, right? They, they, they've they flirted with chasing some wide receivers here and there. I know they were very interested in um, C.D. Lamb, right, uh, a couple years back too, and I think they were very interested in Bateman, but they seem to have done well here because Bateman can't stay healthy. I like him. I think he's a talented player, but just can't seem to stay healthy, man. No, I agree. Um, you know, it's a tough, uh, tough spot for him. What was his college career? I know um, I, we exchanged a text real quick. Didn't he miss a, a whole year uh, with the ankle? Yeah, I think he yeah. did. Yeah, because yeah. that was the year Tyler Johnson broke out, and then Bateman came back, and they were playing together, and they had a nice year together. Uh, Minnesota's put out some some real talent of late. Um, but, yeah, I think he had some injury stuff in college too, so – that's well. That's a uh, that's a good that's a good memory spot there. But I just want to give AB credit because he got that one right. They, Newsom's been a pretty solid player. Uh, had a great rookie year. I don't think anybody on the Browns defense has taken a step forward this year. So that's a different discussion. But still, really like him. Um, shifting over to this game, out of absolutely nowhere. Now I don't pay the closest attention to the Bengals and what goes on around their franchise, but I had no clue Jamar Chase was beat up. Like out of nowhere, he's put on the IR today. Yeah, I saw uh, it did kind of come out of nowhere, but. There was a um, uh, a tweet during that game that he had the hip and had come off a little bit shaky, but then you never heard anything else about it. And then all of a sudden he comes up and now he's four to six weeks. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Like it was so much that when it first popped up, I was wondering if it was a practice injury. And then yeah. um, I think somebody had retweeted a game day tweet about when this happened. And uh, so it just popped up out of my timeline again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So it wasn't – I don't think it was a, um, a practice thing of any kind. Wow, they no, I, I, it is It is pretty random to come out this late in the week, though, you know. So yes. it caught yes. me by surprise. I mean, it, it balances the scales a little bit here because Denzel is very worrisome, man. He is – there's no update on his concussion symptoms. And, and like, there's he's just still in protocol. And – I'm pretty worried about this guy now with multiple concussions, as we've talked about on this do show. You, do you know what that entails? Like what keeps them in protocol? I think they have to pass a baseline screening. I know back when I was in college, we did. You have to pass this baseline test screening to see if your symptoms have improved. And if he can't, if he can't, I, I don't know. The NFL is different. He could have, the, the, the test could all be different. I don't, I don't really know, but I just remember back in the day. That's what it was. Like What's what that? was Test. What was the test? It was this computerized you- test of like memory and some other things about sensitivity to certain things, some shit like that. I, it was it was a whole bunch. I never went into it. I got lucky and never uh, never had anything happen to me with concussions. But um, I just know there was this test you had to take uh, that was uh, built on. But again, this was now over a decade ago, so there could be more to it and how they're looking at pupils and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. I don't have so a really good answer. Sensitivity on it. to light and movement and those types yeah. of things. Yeah, okay. it, ha- it has to be. It has to be a lot of that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's concerning considering the guy's had multiple concussions and he's uh, back in the thick of it again here. So um, I hope that he can get it rectified soon because it's getting into a pretty dangerous territory when uh, he had some of those his rookie year and then now these. And But anyway, to the shape of this game. Uh, it, it helps, right? It helps the the Raven or sorry, the Bengals are they're an interesting team. They they were they started out so well offensively, 
And then, uh, sorry, defensively, that's kind of tailed off. The offense has been all gun. So they've gone completely away from under center stuff that they've tried to do. They've gone all gun, and they've had a lot of success with gun run and some varied success with pass stuff. It seems like you need to mix it up with them. Like Atlanta went last week against them, went a lot of middle of the field open, and they burned them early with like a 989 concept, uh, which is basically uh, eight route runs right down through the middle of cover two, and nobody ran with them. So this is um, this is an it's an interesting game. I, I don't know, man. I I think that I'm a little worried about how hot Joe is, but Jamar matters so much to what they do that I'm I'm it really piques my interest now more than ever. Not be largely because not to be offensive to Denzel, but he's not been a net net positive this year. So you're looking at like I don't think the Browns secondary changes all too much, right? Like I don't think it changes all too much. So I think that the chase injury is more significant than anything the Browns have dealt with this week. Thoughts? No, I agree. Um, you know, and this is something where, you know, normally with uh, coming into this year, let, let's say, uh, the Browns defense matched up pretty well in secondary and and that kind of thing with the Bengals. Again, we're talking about preseason um, thoughts on that. So exchanging a Denzel for a chase is a, a high net positive for the Browns. Um, I think that it still depends on, on how things go. Like, I mean, uh, you know, it just depends on, you know, is Joe Mixon going to have his best game of the year uh, because he's playing against the Browns? I don't know. But Jamar Chase being out certainly is a, a very high net positive for the Browns and certainly gives him a chance to, uh, you know, to win another division game, which is huge in this. You know, I mean, going going 2-1 and one in your first three in the division is a big deal. Um, everybody is pretty low, I understand, on the Brown side right now, but a, a win against the Bengals is actually a, a very big deal. And I think Jamar Chase going out is a long, you know, a long step in that direction. I agree. I mean, it's it, it, it improves the odds. It doesn't – I mean, listen, I'm not – I don't think anything the Browns do this year is going to convince me that they're just going to win. I mean, I've seen Bailey Zappi come in and play like, you know, how he played as we all witnessed. I, I don't, I don't ever feel that confident, but it, really but it is. What's that? <laughs> right? Like, I mean, he played really well, though, right? He like, extremely I feel well. like he, I feel like it they wasn't, made it easy on him. I'll tell you that much. Fair they made it easy on him. Some of the he throws there were pretty throw. damn easy. They didn't make made, him think, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Can they make him think, Joe? They didn't make. Listen, make- the Browns have something with Joe Burrow. They do. They've played him well every time. I, again, have talked about how unlucky these guys have been to start the year, and I don't mean that to make an excuse for them, but sometimes some of those balls just bounce your way, and they have not found many of those to bounce their way, period, throughout the year. So I think they're due to put it all together. The question is, can the Browns win this game? Yes, I think they can yeah. win this game. And and it's it's uh, it's just – and how big would that be, right? You know, to uh, to springboard into the bye week, you come out of the bye week, you play. Yeah, the Bills are tough, but Miami and Tampa are not the teams we thought they were at the beginning of the season. There's there's real chance to get to five wins there. So like this game and I'm not trying to get anyone's hopes up or do any of that stuff, but it it can swing so much if they could find a way to win it at home on Halloween and all of that, man. So it's, you know, uh, it, everything is kind of still there. But if you lose this one and you get to two and six you really kind of start to to pack it in. I've said several times, I think it's kind of over. Like, I don't feel like they're going to figure this whole thing out, but 
they win this one, they have an outside fighting chance. Let me put it that way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, you know, I really do feel like um, if you win this, if he can even get four, then it's still a real season. Yeah. So, um, and I do think they have a real chance to win this game. And I do think that uh, Chase's injury has uh, a significant impact in that. Uh, you know, significant, I'm talking about a couple points, you know, something like that. But um, it's a game of inches and all these things matter. And I certainly would feel a whole lot better if we're coming on Tuesday uh, and we've got win number three. So. I think we it would it would lift it. A month straight of losing is really hard. It is hard on everybody. I mean, it's like not a four game lose losing. That's thirty days of a losing environment, right? (laughs) Thirty days of your fans being pissed. Thirty days of the people in your building being. You need they need a win so badly, and I just think that at some point they're gonna put it all together for a game. It would make sense. It would not make sense in the sense of I don't think the Browns are as skilled as the Bengals collectively, but. It would make sense based on years past where Baker Mayfield would pull out these games out of nowhere against the Bengals. They have yeah. sort of found life against these guys. Let me let me say this. Like, um, honest to God, for whatever reason, and it's, you know, some of it is just, you know, analytical, but uh, there's definitely a ton of feel in it. You know, when I'm talking about, like, how I feel about these weeks, I actually feel better about coming into this game with the Bengals right now than I did going against the Ravens last week and definitely against the Patriots the week before. So I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I I think they're just kind of due for a game. Like I thought they were going to have that game last week with the Ravens. I I certainly feel, I think the Browns have some confidence. They beat the Bengals twice last year. I'm pretty sure they did. They beat them twice the year before. No, they were one of one. That was the only time they beat Baker. Right. Yeah. That was 19. I think. Yeah, they've struggled against Cleveland for a while. So I don't know, man. Maybe that whole thing is due to pop its head back up again and Joe Burrow just can't figure out the Cleveland Browns, right? I don't know. But uh, I don't feel like there have been some games where I've like the New England game, I did not feel good. Like, even though that New England roster is not talented, the way they play and the way the Browns were ripe to be picked apart and still are. I mean, the Bengals could figure plenty of answers out within what the Browns do defensively, but. I just did not feel good about that. I do have a better feeling about this one, um, but again, that better feeling might be uh, might be evaporated by about one forty-five. So we'll see. But this is a game they can still win, and that's that's what we're looking at right now. Because the question is, you know, they fall to two and six, two and seven out of the bye, whatever. Like the NFL's got to be the worst sport to be terrible of of all of them. I get baseball; you play a, you just play a shit ton of games, and that probably sucks. But I think football being terrible. And especially knowing you don't have a first round pick is all it has to be. It has to be the worst sport to be tank, like not not purposefully tanking, just being bad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. Because, you know, if you're playing a game, you always have a chance. Yeah. And the NFL plays the least amount of games. So you have the least amount of chances. So and if you get to that point where you have no hope personally, and then you have to live with each loss for six. games, Yeah, it's the worst, I think. Plus, it's so physically demanding. You get you get the shit beat out of you every week. Well, right. Like baseball, you're just right. standing in the field, or you're facing a pitcher a couple times a game. Basketball, you can go through the mo- you can't you can't go through the motions in football. You will get hurt. Like you've got to play, and that's like, oh man, we suck, and I got to go out and hit someone seventy five times this game. That's not fun. So 
they need a win, man. They need a win in the worst way. They're going to have to be balanced on offense to get it done, and they're going to have to they're going to have to answer the bell run defense wise to get it done too. Because I think I think that the Bengals are going to come in ready to challenge Cleveland's run defense uh, the way many teams have this year. Just a hunch there that we all expect Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow. I get it, but I think they're going to come in with a gun run plan that like has been something that Cleveland hasn't handled well. So we'll see how they. Uh, See how they handle it, I guess, John. This is a fun episode, though. As usual, man, I like I like where this is going to be going with a lot of the topics we'll hit on every week. So I appreciate your time, brother. I always enjoy being on here, Jake. Have a good one, buddy. All right. Thanks to John. Thanks to you all for showing up, hanging out, spending time with us, as you do on Fridays. Many of you hit me with positive DMs, which I really appreciate about liking the schedule of shows this year and the outline of them and how they work out. So very thankful for that and your continued Uh, support to this podcast means everything to me. I say that and I don't say it lightly. So guys, have a fantastic Friday. We'll have your Bengals preview on Saturday as we always do. And then we will be back on Sunday for your preview as we always do as well. So continue to check your podcast uh, inbox every morning. There will be more OVR film breakdowns waiting for you. Appreciate it again. Have a good Friday, everybody. And go Browns.